1: Hi, and welcome to the Syrupcast, where we discuss everything related to technology and mobile in the Canadian market. Uh, This week I'm joined by Rose.
2: Hi, I'm Rose Bahar. I'm doing it live. (laughs) Love
1: it. The only way to be (laughs) doing it live. Next to her is Jess.
3: Hi, I'm Jessica Bamiro.
1: (laughs) And next to Jess is, of course, Patrick Patrick. O'Rourke. What's up, yo? Not too much. No, everything's good. I don't know. Um, So, for once, I actually introduced everyone. Ian, sadly, is not with us here. I don't know what the boss man is doing other than gouging himself in (laughs) Timbits. Probably. And Tim Horton's coffee. Uh, So, we're on episode 72, you said, or 73? Let me check. I don't even know. doesn't matter. 73, 73. Episode 73. Um, I would throw to Corey Joseph, but the team... Uh, lost in disgrace, so we're just gonna have some music to let us in. Uh, so welcome back, and uh, a lot of happened this week, despite seemingly like it was a slower week. I think still, uh,
4: still very much feels like the summer though. Like it, that's. You know, it is warm outside
1: yeah um so why don't we just start um i think the most interesting from my perspective anyway we talked a bit about the pebble core last week uh but this week uh in what was a really good pickup by patrick is that we uh, found out that it's going to ship with uh, M- uh amazon alexa or the uh their personal assistant Yes right uh
4: so patrick do you want to just lay it out for us yeah, sure. So with the Echo, there's there's two different things, and I think it's something a lot of people don't realize. There's the, the actual device that's called the Amazon mm-hmm. Echo, and then there's Alexa, which is the voice-activated assistant that powers the device. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Amazon has done, to their credit, actually, is, is they've opened up Alexa to third-party developers. So mm-hmm. um, manufacturers can take... Whoa, that was loud. This voice-activated assistant, and they can integrate it into their various devices. So what Pebble has done mm-hmm. is they've taken Alexa and they're going to integrate it into the core, the mm-hmm. Pebble Core. And the Core, um for those who don't know, is this kind of strange iPod shuffle narrative clip sized device that um I guess it's fitness focused? I guess you would say that, right? It's fitness focused. Yeah. And it and it interacts with like different apps like Runkeeper. But the idea, the general idea behind it is that you don't, when you're using the Pebble Core, you don't have to have your phone with you. (laughs) It has like a 3G connection. You can pop a SIM into it. That's the the concept behind it. So what we learned um, is that this won't, it won't be the actual first time you pointed this out to me, Rose. There's another, there's another device that will have Alexa that's coming to Canada. Called the
2: Co-Watch.
4: The Co-Watch.
2: I was excited. Uh, Yes,
4: I remember this one. Yeah, I did that piece, yeah. And that's coming at some point in June, 2016. Right, yeah. Um, but this is the first like device that people are actually getting care about to a certain extent that to sure. have alexa in it in canada mm-hmm. yeah and there's also you know the background that
1: pebble was started by a canadian and yep. started in waterloo um so yeah i think this is um i mean shout out to uh based paul miller for his great uh, on circuit breaker they had a great headline for when this news came out and they were like this is the star trek communicator right like it basically fits the right size and you can just tell uh i mean you can't communicate with other people so i guess really isn't that but you can uh use alexa to you know do a bunch of cool stuff like listen to different spotify um playlists ask about the weather uh so i guess uh, I'll ask you, Jess, and then you, Rose, but, how do you think this kind of reframes the pebble core? Because I think when we were talking about it uh, last week, we thought it was interesting but kind of weird. and then right. like, because we didn't have the whole picture, obviously. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, like it's an interesting product, but I don't know what it necessarily kind of what niche it fits into.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: So what do you think of it? Yeah.
3: Um, I think it's actually a really great idea. I think that in addition to Pebble, Amazon's actually opened up Alexa to tons of Mm third-party developers, tens of thousands actually, Mm -hmm. and um, this is a really good way for them to not only steam ahead of everybody else working on AI products but a way for them to integrate Alexa into the lives of everybody that's using it and they can access so many different services with it. But in terms of the Pebble core, I think that when we first heard about the announcement last week, the two first wearable devices that we talked about made a lot more sense. They were a lot more in line with what Pebble had done before, but the core was really different. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this is kind of filling a gap that Mm
0: -hmm. it
3: needed in order to make more sense to the consumer and to us.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
3: it's a really good idea and I think that it's a creative way to kind of get Alexa into some markets that it wouldn't have entered otherwise that Pebble does go to sure. like Canada yeah. for example. and I mean the
4: Echo could still come out here right like
1: yeah. I think it's I think awesome. this yeah. gives you a timeline for when the Echo will come That's to sure. Canada yeah, um, I would because I don't think Amazon would this is one of its most interesting and compelling products specifically Alexa so I don't think it makes sense for them to let a third party like uh, Pebble bring the uh, Alexa to a market like Canada, even though uh, Amazon doesn't really care for Canada, it's still a market of 30 million people. I think they want to be first with
4: their, one of their flagship products. That's I think we're part, part of the thing with the Echo is I don't think Amazon expected it- To be a hit? <laughs> to be a hit? Yeah. Because like, if you're into smart home products, as, as I am, the big problem with smart home devices is the fact that there's no way for them all to communicate with each other. So, like, you have an app for your cue lights, mm-hmm. you have an app for your, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, your lamp that's beside your bed. You have like a different app for everything. Whereas the Echo controls all of these things at once, and it makes smart home products make a little more sense. Like, you don't have to. Um, open an app to turn on your lights you can just say turn on the lights right specify which one you want turned on and that's because of the open API the platform that is included
1: speaking to that
4: um, the part of Amazon that developed the Echo
1: was Lab 126 um, and that's the same group that developed the Kindle but also made the Fire Phone the the, (laughs) disaster that was right and so the Echo came after the Fire Phone and specifically after Amazon like uh, went through like a significant wave of layoffs at this part of Amazon. This is their hardware division. So I think that really speaks to it is that, you know, Jeff Bezos in his Jeff Bezos way was probably like, you know, escorted every one of these employees out the door himself. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. uh, and told them never to come show their face at Amazon it, again. Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I forgot Amazon's in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, go work Seattle. at Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway, you know, so I think that really speaks to it, that there wasn't this expectation from Amazon, especially after they had done, gone through these cuts at uh, Lab 126, that it would be a hit. Hmm. Um, so, but uh, Rose, you had a point about the, uh, ec- or excuse me, the core as well. Yeah. I
2: think it's an exceptional thing. Like, First of all, the inclusion of Alexa mm-hmm. um, makes it all the more appealing for sure. Um, but also now that I've been thinking about it, um, while I don't see the idea of popping in and out your SIM as something being, that is realistic, Mm -hmm. um, I do like the idea of maybe just getting another line and having a connected Mm -hmm. smartwatch. So if that is what happens and that's what start, like starts to be the use case for this, Mm -hmm. um, then it could actually sort of revolutionize the,
1: the sure. wearable market a little bit. And uh, Pat, you, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, when Eric, the CEO of Pebble, came into our office, you sat down with him. Yeah, um, Daniel and I talked to him. Yeah, Daniel and you talked to him about it. And from what I recall, he was saying about like how the future of smartwatches is, like it was really built on adding the SIM
4: into it or they had a lot of plans. Yeah, he... Could you speak to that? He sort of... I don't remember the specifics because it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, But he spoke to the fact that he thinks the future of smartwatches and wearable devices um, is towards what the Pebble Core is. A device that's Mm -hmm. independent, isn't linked to your phone, has a a SIM or some kind of persistent internet connection. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember specifically what he said, but that was... I know towards the end of the story, um, in Daniel's post about it, mm-hmm. uh, that was like a significant part of it, is that he alluded to that that is the future yeah. of where he thinks things are going. But I guess, to me, when he was saying that, it, seemed like, it sounded like uh, pie in the sky, sort of, this yeah. is where things are going in a couple years, yeah. not this is what we're going to reveal in like mm-hmm. seven months. Yeah, on Kickstarter, no less. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So,
1: moving on, you also uh, this week got a chance to check out the new Xperia phones. Uh, Do you want to talk about a bit about that experience?
4: Yeah. um, So I checked out the. So I'm gonna have to open this up to remember all the phones because right. So
1: there's the yeah. So why yeah I can there's the Xperia X X performance which is the highest yeah
4: and the Xperia X yeah then the Xperia XA and then the Xperia XA Ultra. Um, Which is not confusing at all. And I, I, I think not at <laughs> <all>. <laughs> The point of my story, essentially, was that, like, these phones seem like... They seem like they're a step in the correct direction in terms of design. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the, the the edges of the phone are constructed now, it doesn't look like it's going to pop off like it did with the Z5. That was one of my issues with the Z5. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. glue that attached it to <laughs> the, the glass started separating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that doesn't seem to be a problem. That's that's like down the line of all these. So the XA is the, I guess, the mid-range? Uh, it's the low-end, right? Low so range. I was really
1: looking into it. And it is a low-end processor. It's a MediaTek one. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, the issue, I think, with Sony's design language is it's been so similar for so long. And it, I, I, I mm-hmm. find their phones very attractive.
2: I, I don't. Okay, so yeah. it's, it, it's... And I
1: think like it's them. like
4: it's a very like people either love it or they yeah, hate I it I really like them I think they're yeah. not, like great looking I still think that the Z5 other than like the next bit is one of the most unique looking Android phones it, as much as like a slight difference. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's like I know it's not totally yeah. different but it's it's like subtle differences that make yeah and there's out. that I mean,
1: Sony kind of build quality yeah. that is there's still like i think to very much to this day as well the company's fortunes have kind of turned from mm-hmm. where they once were um and you know they're doing better now obviously with the playstation 4 but there's a kind of product design allure to those products that i like i think next to apple
4: okay. they develop my kind of favorite products yeah. um One of the other things that I was confused about Mm -hmm. is sort of why there needs to be an X performance and an X because the phones are so similar other than the the processors. That's a major difference. So
1: I think depending on the price, (laughs) we just had a a guest. Yeah, so depending on the price um, of how much the X comes out, I think that's going to be one of the major kind of... Uh, mid-range phones in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I
4: think we don't know yeah. the prices yet. We we will get the information soon, and I think it's embargoed it, until like Tuesday or something like that. I don't know. The it specifics. might be a
1: stretch, but if that phone comes in around the price of the uh, Moto G four, yeah, mm. uh, that would be like that phone. Would that's just like wipe the floor. That's four hundred bucks, about right. Yeah, four hundred bucks. What what processor does the G four have? That's true. So it's uh, it's one of the lower end uh, six hundred series, whereas the x uh
4: 650 it's a snapdragon which has yeah. that's the higher end of those phones and the the performance comes with the 820 yeah but other than that um my understanding is that the phones are essentially identical
1: so yeah the other thing is they're not water the x oh yeah is not waterproof um, but you get an amazing camera on the x that's why i think this is the most interesting phone in the lineup and like whether the X Performance came to Canada was kind of
4: neither here nor there because there's so many flagship phones of yeah. this like ilk. They're all and coming can- though. They're all Which coming. It's kind of crazy to hear it, that every single one of these phones is coming. But that is, yeah. Unexpected. So,
1: where you said it was confusing, I thought it kind of made sense in that like there's something for everyone in this like kind of segment of yeah. four products, right? Like if you need like a low end phone, there's like a really good low end phone from what, you know, at least initial appearances. If you need a mid-range phone, there's something like I think what might be the most compelling mid-range phone in the market. And if you want a gigantic phone, there's <laughs> a gigantic those there phone. Too, six inches. Um, although, like, the XA Ultra is kind of the weirdest one because it, like, yeah. this this hodgepodge
4: of uh, s- specs. It has, like, a really good camera. Yeah. Um, but it has.
1: A not great processor, a not great processor. <laughs> it's really big and it yeah. doesn't have
4: the fingerprint scanner. That's the, that's one of the other major differences yeah. between the XA and the X and the X Performance. Is that mm-hmm. both of the, the high end ones, the X and the X Performance, have a yeah. fingerprint scanner and the XA does not, and yeah. neither does the XA Ultra, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, Rose, you said you didn't like the Xperia phone. So, what was it? What is it the, specifically about the them? design? I would say. Right.
2: So, my take on it is um, the design of these phones, and for the past several generations, I have found them to be just very boring, um, and they yeah. did not appear to me to be premium at all. The the materials, everything speaks to a sort of like this is you're not excited to get this phone this is the yeah. phone that you're getting for your upgrade because it's only like 50 bucks or zero dollars down you know what mm-hmm. i mean that's what i that's how i felt about it but it's interesting to hear like that other people like that more simple design um which there's I, like a the very that,
1: muji-esque you know because right. that's you know the japanese thing yeah. but yeah, like yeah. that kind of like very yeah. simple austere looking yeah, phone right exactly. like right. It, whereas kind of like the uh a 7 from Samsung there's an exuberance there right like compared yes, I, to and i think that just kind of speaks very much speaks to the cultural differences between yes. the two countries where these phones come from right yeah absolutely
2: uh, and i think i'm known like in this office and everywhere for liking The slightly more tacky phones.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: (laughs) So that's probably why. I
1: mean, what I did want to ask you in your experience of selling phones, what was generally the kind of perception of Sony phones? Uh, Because it's, you know, like, obviously Mm. the brand has a lot of history behind it, but I don't feel like that ever really translated into the mobile product.
2: Right, yeah, it was my solid third choice recommendation. What were your first two? Um, it, my first two were Apple and Samsung, and it really depended on the person. You know, yeah. you kind of knew when you were speaking to. <laughs> yeah, Apple fair, person. yeah. Um, but yeah, my solid third choice was Sony because, um, first of all, the camera experience is so excellent mm-hmm. for what is often priced at sort of a mid-range level. Mm-hmm. Um, and additionally, often the uh, quite a few models were waterproof. Mm-hmm. And from my contact with people in the store, uh, they often told me that they legitimately used the waterproof element. Like, they took it into the water and took I know pictures. a lot of people that do They that. took it into the hot tub. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, those were the two biggest sells for me, along with the fact that, like, if people couldn't afford the higher end phones this was just probably Mm -hmm. the best option to go for Mm -hmm. yeah so i in my mind um i really i sort of have an appreciation for sony Mm -hmm. Uh, i also think that the build quality is pretty high don't see those falling apart too often Mm -hmm. um but i know that yeah it was not at all a very recognized brand um Mm -hmm terms of people would ask for Samsung and Apple, mm-hmm. and nobody would ever ask for Sony mm-hmm. specifically.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, so just to wrap up on these phones, I think all of it depends on what their pricing is, yeah. and we just don't have that yet. We'll so. have that on the mm-hmm. site yeah. next week,
4: early next week, like Tuesday, Wednesday. I think we're getting the information early next week, and then there's like an embargo, of course, as there mm-hmm. always is. But we'll we'll have it on on mobile, sir.
1: So. Um, you mentioned Apple and Samsung, which is perfect because uh, obviously two big things. Those companies are always doing something interesting. Uh, why don't we start with Apple? Obviously next week, Patrick is going to WWDC. Week so,
4: after week. After, after, week after, excuse yes. me. You're on next week though for Tech World.
1: Tech World. So we'll see what happens at Tech World. Um, you're going to so, bring
4: me back a razor. That's what you're going to do, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Um, last time it was the Echo. This time, this
4: time it's going to be a Razor phone. Yes. Razor flip phone. That's what I want. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> so I mean, I guess we could talk about predictions, but I really don't even know what's going to happen at this point. Like they for, but, for WWDC. Uh, well, let's let's save WWDC for next week and okay. just talk yeah, about yeah, fair tech world. Real products got announced this week by Samsung, though. Um, so they had two new wearables. Um, the icon x or the gear icon x excuse me which is a pair of uh bluetooth uh headphones or they're just standalone headphones i should say that can double as uh, a pair of or a fitness tracker and then the other uh, product they announced was the gear fit 2 which is their new fitness tracker so i mean samsung kind of went all out with these they're like We don't know if they're coming to Canada. We don't know how much they're going to cost, whether they come to Canada.
4: They probably will. They probably will. I get the sense that, at the very least, the Gear Fit 2 will. I I know we we heard back from Samsung Canada it was a very vague vague statement. Yeah,
1: just very... Like, no plans to announce quite yet. Um, There's... I mean, they're interesting. Like, so the Gear Fit 2 is... If you want a fitness tracker, and if it comes to Canada, I think this will be one of the really high-end ones. It comes with GPS, uh, which, you know, if you're really into improving perf- uh, your physical performance, especially as it pertains to running, is a really nice feature. It comes with a heart rate sensor. Uh, again, with these heart rate sensors, I think I've said this in the past, but one of the issues, particularly Fitbits come up against this issue, is the ones that pass uh, kind of a uh, green light through your capillaries tend not to be as accurate as wrapping a a dedicated heart rate monitor on your chest. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the issue.
3: Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: The other one is that it's not compatible with the iPhone, which I don't know why I guess I expected it, but I know Samsung's been talking about hey, we're going to bring our US Health app. Well, their early wearables only worked with Samsung devices. So thankfully, these ones work with uh, Android phones running 4.4 4 so and, and above, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Any questions about, like, I was the one that wrote about it. So, yes. yeah. So, it's, I so, guess... What, one yeah. of the things
4: that I was curious about, like, say say you own an iPhone and you buy one of these things, like, are, are, does it have to be hooked up to an Android device or can it run independently?
1: So the cool thing about the uh, both of them is they're actually standalone in the sense that they both come with their own internal storage, four gigabytes on both models, so that you okay. can put music on them. Um, you can also, um, you might even be able to, I didn't dig into it too deeply, and Samsung didn't kind of provide a lot of information on this, but... Um, on top of the fact that they can work as a standalone uh, music player you can also you know obviously stream music from Spotify let's say via Bluetooth connection so it's a question of whether these two are willing to kind of play nice with one another I suspect the answer is no but um, at the very least you can you don't need a smartphone, phone and I think that is what they were kind of pushing with these yeah. devices uh, gotta love Samsung they didn't like stream these announcements anywhere? They just pre pre briefed, excuse me, a bunch of com- uh, a bunch of publications on it. Did they? Uh,
4: was there a press conference, or is it just like a? I think there was, was like an event.
1: There was an event where these the publications in the U.S. Mm-hmm. that were pre briefed on it, got to like take hands on pictures and so on. Yeah, but there wasn't really something you like. Yeah. Last time, remember when they did the note announcement? Uh, it was something that you could watch on stream, right? Um, and it's great that we're listening to some beautiful and soothing yeah. piano music. Apologies. Shout out to, uh, what's, what's the uh, Fort York FX. <laughs> uh For not sound baffling your demo uh, room. And demo room. to their demos of- <laughs> obnoxiously
4: loud every Friday at the yeah. same time. Oh, we love
1: it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Gear Fit 2. Until it kind of comes to Canada... Or whether we know it comes to Canada, I don't know if there's really much right. to say about it because, yeah.
4: again, these devices, whether they come to Canada or not, is sometimes a big question. The fit too reminded me a lot of the Microsoft band, just like what it looks like in terms of yeah. how it's, how it's and it built has with a the barometer. Display.
1: Yeah, so it has a barometer, so it can do some of what the uh, band does in that, like it can count the steps, the flight of uh, stairs you've gone up. Very interesting. Um. So. Yeah, fitness guys. Is get a into a it. Fitness, fitness, fitness. It's yeah.
2: waterproof, right? The Gear Fit Two.
1: The Gear Fit Two. Um, yeah, I'm tempted to say it's not. Okay. So <laughs> I, I don't. I don't, I don't think one. it is. I don't think yeah. it is either. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's the Gear Fit Two. Cool. Okay.
4: Buy it when it's available in Canada. If it's available, I'm Canada. sure it'll come here eventually. It's just a matter of. A yeah, of time.
2: I'm seeing here that it's water resistant. IP.
1: Ah, yes, IP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're correct.
4: Right. Uh, so that's. I think.
1: <sighs> I I can't remember the exact, but it's like 30 minutes. Yeah, that's it. it yeah, it's yeah, like I 30 minutes, but I forget the feet
2: of depth or something. Yeah.
1: So not.
4: So shower yeah. in it,
1: but so <laughs> <you> don't, <laughs> don't. But don't go for a, you know your daily swim. So sorry, swimmers. I always.
4: I remember when I went to Mexico, I saw people using. Uh, What's the waterproof phone that just came out? The S7? Yeah. S7. Using the S7 in the ocean? Oh, Oh, wow. oh my <laughs> God. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, first of all, salt water, Yeah. yeah. not a good time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah. They're probably like, well, I got insurance on this, so it's fine. No, yeah. They
4: didn't look like they got insurance it. No. On they Even just if they like did, they wanted like... to use their phone and take selfies in the ocean. Oh, my hmm. God. One uh, day, guys.
1: <laughs> uh, so have I missed anything, guys? I feel
4: like...
3: Apple Pay. Apple Pay, Pay, yes. yes.
1: So, Jess, why don't you tell us, (laughs) since you were so keen to shout it out, yeah?
3: Okay. Well, um, we already know that Apple Pay has expanded its operations in Canada with... Uh, several major Canadian banks but it originally only launched with CIBC and RBC Mm -hmm. TD BMO and Scotiabank actually announced earlier this week that they will be adopting Apple Pay which we all pretty much expected when the list came out and we saw that they weren't Mm -hmm. originally on it so just a quick update on that if you're with either any of those banks now you're able to use this service (laughs) and
1: use an iPhone obviously right exciting but let me tell you I'm sure Steve Jobs were still with us he would have described it as magical and it would have been too hyperbole too much of a hyperbole because when i used not to be like uh, a totally like babbling apple fanboy but for just, just give me just a minute uh when i used apple pay for the first time on wednesday it felt pretty
4: magical, it was magical. <laughs> yes. i can see the comments already
1: yeah just you know call me an apple shill whatever man i yeah. enjoyed using apple pay i'm gonna try it today <laughs> for the
2: first. yeah so supposedly they were waiting for in-app payments to to be available to those yeah. particular that was, banks that was yeah.
1: so and i think that was a wise decision no you definitely know, like launch don't launch like half a product mm-hmm. launch everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know so it's far too often like we get these especially in tech there's a term called mvp which is minimum viable product mm-hmm. so just you know strip just ship you know, the product with one great feature, as opposed yeah. to like, which you know makes sense. Uh, but thankfully, these companies, these banks, I should say, do not ship an MVP.
2: Which is it's very exciting all this mobile payment stuff. But mm. I do feel like maybe myself and others included, at 1st were we're starting to be like well, this is it. Now it's just going to be all mobile pay. Mm -hmm. And um, after doing a little article on a report that came out recently from a research firm, um, it occurs to me that, I mean, this is, first of all, only about half the market actually has Apple devices. Yeah. Um, Secondly, they're not even all NFC chip enabled, like my 5S. So um, what we're probably looking at is a good, like, five years before it becomes, like, a real thing.
1: Yes, yeah, so, and the, th- the problem with the industry right now is, like, especially, it's, like, way too fragmented, mm-hmm. right? Like, because obviously Apple has its proprietary setup, and it just wants to, does Apple Pay, does it not work with Samsung phones? And then Samsung, rather than kind of rift on uh, Android Pay, uh, and, I mean, the question is whether Android Pay is ever going to come... To Canada.
3: And that's always the question. That's always the
1: question, right? Because yeah. um, companies hate Canada. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like the Android side of it is like really, really <laughs> fragmented, which is, on the one hand, it's nice, you know, if you were using an Android phone beforehand, uh, you potentially got access to these technologies before anyone else, right? But um, I, I just think back to the I mean, they're still around. and I like to discount them, but the UGOS and the sure taps of the world. Yes. yes. You have to jump through so many hoops to use that solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, did uh, so in your experience? Were people coming looking for NFC chips? Because that's what you needed, right? Uh, initially, no. Nobody, nobody was coming because no, no one knew. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you needed the NFC chip. You needed to be the right with the right carrier mm-hmm. with the right bank. Like. Mm-hmm it's funny because pc financial is one of the banks that's like oh we don't have any like plans to support apple pay because they have you know a horse in the race with uh it's either SureTap or eugeo i can't remember the specific one yep. um but yeah like how many people have pc financial cards unless you're like a sh- grocery shopping maiden. <laughs> like <laughs> i don't think you're like just like itching to get your PC financial <laughs> credit card, right? Uh, I yeah. am. I'm itching. I have, I have a PC points card. Yeah.
4: Card. Okay,
2: so we Great. know Patrick's the shopping
4: maker. You go to grocery stores <laughs> once a week and buy groceries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Try to get those savings. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah.
4: one time I got groceries for free. I think it's a pretty good rewards program. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: I mean, and that is, you know, one of the criticisms of Apple Pay it doesn't have that rewards, cr- like the comprehensive rewards yes. program yeah. or kind of feature set that mm-hmm. some of these loyalty Canadian, tabs. yeah, like, That's you know, in an UGO and SureTap, you can like throw in all the uh, loyalty cards.
4: I've talked about it before, and I think the other issue too is that like, we have PayPass here, right? So yeah. you can just tap your contactless. card. Contactless. Yeah. Yeah. Contactless payments sure. exist in Canada. Whereas they don't in the U.S. for a variety of reasons that we could spend an entire podcast talking about. Yeah, um, but they already exist here, right? And that's more or less the same thing as like tapping your your phone or your watch against the device to tr- do a transaction. For drive. sure. To, to me, an extent, it, it I know it's not a like middleman. That's, middle that's and true. And You got right? to admit
2: a little. I mean, but I do understand that like, and people are just getting used to it now. Contactless payment. Um, I think there's like I think there is still worries about safety for mobile payments. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, yeah. so even though Absolutely. it is arguably like more secure, just because. Um, so, yeah, so I think it is tricky.
1: important to point out with contactless, the limit is usually hundred dollars at most, yeah. right? Because like, yeah. <laughs> what bank is going to let you tap like an eleven hundred dollar purpose, right? <laughs> but you can't tap an eleven hundred dollar purchase with Apple Pay because mm-hmm. the your credit card information is tokenized within right. the app. Uh, so even if someone were to, like, get that information, it would just be, like, a garbled mess to them. Uh, only your bank has, like, the way to unto- or to kind of decrypt it and see the information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the major issues for me in terms of context or mobile payments, excuse me, is that you're still going to have to carry your wallet almost everywhere, right? Because
3: Yeah, I think that a lot of um, products tend to be like that, that as soon as they replace something that you're already using in your everyday life it doesn't necessarily become as useful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think that it's important to remember that Canadians in general, like on several occasions, have reported to be very receptive to mobile payments as soon Mm -hmm. as it becomes more useful and more comprehensible. Yeah. Because I think it's a little difficult for a lot of people to really grasp a fragmented system like the one we're currently dealing with but they seem to be very receptive to it should it be easier to access
1: yeah it's kind of interesting that you would think apple and google would maybe just i guess not right now with just how acrimonious the relationship between the companies i guess you could see this happening had mobile payments been a thing in 2007 like I remember when the iPhone was initially announced, it came with YouTube pre-installed. It came with mm. Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Or it may not come with... No, it was Google Maps was the yeah. uh, the app that came with it, right? And then only eventually did, right. did Apple try to foist yes. Apple Maps on us. Um, <laughs> but you, in some sense, I think something's got to give with this, this situation. And I think these companies will have to... Like, okay, you know, for the if we want to winning in this means us working together as opposed to fighting against each other, right? So, yeah, um, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, but for now, Apple Pay is magical, and
3: that's (laughs) that's uh, what's important.
1: That's what's important. Uh, so that's that's enough for me, the Apple shill. Uh, (laughs) shout outs from everyone.
2: Um, oh, my shout out is uh, is to Twitter. Because mm-hmm. I I just want to send my condolences, I guess, that Snapchat purportedly has more daily users yeah. than Twitter. At, uh, about, at about 150 billion, 150 um, million, sorry. 150 million. million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 150 <laughs> million. <laughs> Snapchat, <laughs> the greatest platform ever. Yeah, it includes all the aliens yeah, in yeah, the yeah, universe right. as well. More than that. Uh, Human life, yeah. But um, yeah. So that that report came into Bloomberg um, from an inside source, and I wonder uh, if they got
1: Gurman to talk. Again. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and then analysts have averaged that uh, Twitter is probably looking at about 136 million uh, users per day. Yeah. So I mean, it's just sad because twitter is 10 years old and snapchat is four years old
1: and uh yeah i mean every time i go to google canada's office they're like the best 10 years of our life are still ahead of us and uh, i'm like mm, yeah. looking less and less like that uh every day you know exactly yeah. um did but i'm still mean, there for you did you mean
4: twitter canada's office yeah twitter Canada. you said google
1: oh did uh, you yeah oh my boom. God. boom my mistake <laughs> apologies wow. um I will say that Bloomberg article had an interesting point, which was like you know I had never really conceived considered the 24-hour limit for uh, stories. So if you don't know, Snapchat, you yes. can you can create a story, which all your friends can see, as opposed to just one person. And you can you know you put a bunch of clips or pictures together and you tell a story. Um, but the stories disappear after 24 hours, and what that does is it incentivizes date you to log into the app daily.
2: Daily, absolutely. Right, yeah. so
1: so much of Snapchat is engineered to get users in and keep them in, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think, something I'd like to do is kind of be more thoughtful about considering how these apps are built, and yeah. Like, because they're so much like kind of social engineering is going into them to make them like very sticky, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So anyway, if that was. That was just my... Uh, god oh, point. I mean, yeah. yeah. Jess, shout out?
3: Um, you actually touched on it not too oh. long ago. My shout out was for Mark Ger- uh, German, yeah. who actually left 9to5Mac this week and has been hired by Bloomberg to yeah. report on Apple as well as a lot of other tech companies that he's been writing about in the past. Um, and he's actually been working at 9to5Mac since he was 15 years old, which yeah. I just learned this mm-hmm. week. He's 22 Terrifying. now, yeah. which I think all of us here felt a little bit... Uh, what would you say the word is a little bit intimidated by that Deflated. when we heard well, certainly Patrick <laughs> yeah. and I should
1: feel intimidated, but both you guys are really young, so. When I was 15, what was
4: I doing? I was yeah, probably, <laughs> I was playing Halo, yeah. one in my friend's basement. That's all I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to school. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't know Gurman was that young. I always assumed, I like, I thought he was just my age, 27. Yeah, I thought he was, like,
2: a 45-year-old man. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. behind the wall. Uh, okay. I certainly
1: didn't think he was 22, yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, like, a well-deserved promotion. Yeah, good Absolutely. for him. Congratulations. But the kind of issue I see is, like, of all the publications I thought he would go to, Bloomberg was, like, the last... That's what I thought, too. Yeah, like, so I know, like, you know, obviously Joshua Topolsky, who
4: started The Verge... He went to Bloomberg
1: for Bloomberg a Bloomberg, and hated it. Reportedly, like was constantly getting into. Who,
4: what's the? I, I know that the name of the guy that owns Bloomberg is Bloomberg. I don't know what his first name is though. <laughs> the mayor of uh,
1: the former mayor of
4: Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes but yes, apparently yes. they had like they had like mad beef. Mad beef. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best way to describe <laughs> like, seriously, it. Like he, he essentially asked him to resign. I believe. Yeah. Is what the situation? Was. Well,
1: when he came back after you know finishing his uh, occupancy yeah. as the mayor of New York, he came back. And apparently like there was some kind of like scuffle like in terms of like just heads butting so anyway german as a really like just imagine like does bloomberg even really hire 22 year old reporters like someone he's essentially for them on some level straight out of school mm-hmm. right um but obviously he brings their very his very like his i don't message. know his sources i assume He must have dirty pictures of Tim Cook somewhere that he obtained, (laughs) and this is how he gets his scoops. Um, So, but we'll see, you know, congrats to Gurman, certainly, you know, deserves, totally
4: well deserved. Absolutely. So my shout out goes out to the death of the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. Yeah. um, Which is coming soon. Heartbreaking. (laughs) It's it's heartbreaking. Uh, But yeah, I, I wrote this silly story that did crazy good on the site for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, and in a couple of years, in order to make the devices thinner, 3.5mm mm-hmm. uh, headphone jacks won't exist and you're going to have to plug things in with USB Type-C. <laughs> oh, goody. Enjoy. So
1: you won't be able to charge your device and listen to music at the same time, which I guess is
4: not the greatest loss because... Oh, no. There's going to be Uh-oh. accessories made that allow you to Just do Just like that. my hub, right? Yeah. Like, Just take a look at my desk or the hub that's currently plugged into Igor's uh, 2016 MacBook? MacBook. Yeah, so... Um, and that that's the future. And so there's this company... Uh, it's a Chinese company trying to find the name of it uh, it's, it doesn't really yeah Chinese manufacturer Mako Takara I believe best is, name ever It's already making a 3.5mm headphone jack thing that so it goes from USB type C to uh, 3.5 yeah. so that you can still use your expensive $500 like cool ass Beats headphones okay. yes um, with, with with the uh with your USB type C device but that doesn't have
2: 3.5 supposedly uh, USB type C headphones could like facilitate more like higher technology
4: yeah I see but I'm gear, not right? I'm not refined enough to even care about that uh. I just want the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack to die and, uh. yeah to be fair <laughs> <laughs> okay wow there's uh, so a fire in his eyes
0: right now for
2: <laughs> <laughs> listening um,
1: yeah to be honest most of us have like been conditioned to think good sound is like actually like qualitatively really bad sound so like um, you know, most music is now mixed to listen through like the stock, uh, headphones that come with the iPod or mm-hmm. iPhone. So, yeah. So even yeah. if you can, like, I guess the audio files will be happy, but it really Here, doesn't mean uh, the much. The
4: devices are going to be so thin. It's going to be like a piece of paper. Ooh. Mm.
1: The future, man. The future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you to everyone for listening to the mobile syrup podcast, or I should say Cast.